Ladies and gentlemen, drivers, gig workers, and everyone in between, welcome to This Week in Rideshare Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Hoffa. It is Friday, September 22nd, and this week, traffic gets worse, Stop Club helps drivers, and Uber fights the EU. Legal Rideshare breaks it down. And from Legal Rideshare, I'm joined by co-founder and lead attorney, Bryant Greening. Bryant, happy Friday. Happy Friday, Jared. Great to be back. Yeah, as always, some interesting news this week. Um, and we're going to jump right into it. We're going to start off with Monday here. Uh, Uber made traffic bad. Robo-taxis will apparently make it worse. This is from San Francisco Chronicle. They add, uh, quote, the real threat from robo-taxis is the underlying technology. Once these cars inevitably learn to get around the traffic cones and gain the public's trust, their convenience could seduce us into vastly overusing our cars. The result, an artificial, intelligent, powered nightmare of traffic, technically perfect but awful for our cities. Now, a lot of this was based on research from the 2010s. Um, The people writing this article um, were actually the same people at a research MIT who said that rideshare would be good for cities uh, in the country. But um, as I said here, quote, our research was technically right, but we had not taken into account changes uh, in human behavior. And they found um, years later that what they once thought would help the cities, it increased traffic in 69% more carbon uh, dioxide than the trips they displaced. Um, Really interesting. There's a lot more. You guys should really check it out. Really interesting article, Brian. And they go into a lot of detail. It's also really fascinating um, to see this article where they said, yeah, we had research before. We thought rideshare was good. And now we're sorry and we're wrong. (laughs) So, Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where the data is really interesting. And we can all make predictions as to where new technology is going to take us. But we really don't know until we get there. So uh, what, what I take away from this article is just, you know, we're seeing so much change so quickly. And a lot of it's really exciting. I mean, we're, we're on the record here saying that we believe autonomous vehicles are eventually going to, you know, going to be, um, you know, the wave of the future. And that I don't think that's a stretch at all with with how fast things are moving. Um, but we also are saying we don't have any clue what that really means. Are they going to be safe enough? Are they actually going to make uh, cities run smoother than, than they currently do? Um, we can all guess. The, the researchers can come up with their hypotheses. The scientists can crunch the data. But until there's all these cars on the road, it, we're really just guessing at what the results are going to be. I found it very interesting that they had brought up something that I overlooked as well. You know, I, I thought kind of the same, you know, robo-taxis will, will kind of have this, I feel like traffic eventually could look really kind of wild. You know, every car is just kind of flowing almost organically. But, yeah, I didn't think about what they had said, that, you know, changes in human behavior. Because once that happens, I, there's going to be more people on the road. Because they'll say, well, that's, this is, I don't have to even think. I can just get in a vehicle and it'll do everything for me. Um, so, yeah, I guess, you know, we'll see what happens. But um, definitely it's interesting, interesting to see they change their tune this time around and just saying, just get ready, guys. It's basically what they're saying. Yeah, I, I, just one more point on that. I, I like that these researchers are, are learning from – you know, mistakes in the past that we all thought rideshare was going to change the world in one way. And it, it ended up changing the, the world in a, uh, you know, hundreds of ways. So 
there's a lot of unintended consequences. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Some of them are great. Some of them are catastrophic. And right. we're, it's yet to be seen in terms of the, the robo-taxis, what the good things are, what the bad things are, and, and everything in between. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to hit up into Tuesday. Tulsa rideshare drivers go on strike. And this is from uh, ABC8. They reported, quote, they're striking because they say they've been treated unfairly by the companies they're working for, which is, of course, uh, Uber and Lyft. Now, some drivers have said they noticed discrepancies between what customers pay and the share paid to drivers. Uh, according to one driver, it's a trend that's getting worse. Um, I will say this, Brian, it, you know, it's nothing new here, but... Um, there's something really interesting about this discrepancies. We're seeing it more and more that drivers are becoming really aware of what the passenger is paying versus what they're getting. Yeah, and a lot of times passengers and, and drivers are now sharing that information. It's becoming more common for drivers to say to the passenger, hey, what, what did you pay for this ride? And then take a guess at what I'm actually walking away with. And once that conversation is had, everybody is shocked and and you know there there's a lot of a lot of angry drivers out there because they they rightfully feel like they're getting screwed um so i i like to see drivers uh, you know acting together and and taking a stand to um at least make their voices heard uh you know unless drivers work together like we're seeing them doing in tulsa right now the companies win there's no reason for the companies to make changes if the drivers uh, you know don't use the the power and voice that they have and, and it takes that collective um, bargaining and that collective uh, behavior to be heard and to be strong so you know bravo to to the drivers in tulsa for for using their their fist you know their strong hands and their um their loud voices yeah i think exactly good for them uh, and i think what we've seen in the past typically it starts with the strike get some attention, and then they start moving it into really the political side, talking to the local um, yeah, it's local government and saying, hey, let's change this. So this is this seems to be the first step in these cities, and it's a good first step. Agreed. Um, let's head into Wednesday, which uh, is very exciting. Um, this is called the Stop Club app, and it's a dream for drivers, and it's an absolute nightmare for Uber. So rest of world ads, quote, Stop Club reads the fare directly from the ride-sharing app and displays the calculation. It can even automatically reject fares below a certain price set by the driver. Since it, uh, it added the fare calculator, Stop Club has gone from around 87,000 active users in February to 250,000 across Brazil. As an example, one driver said before he uh, downloaded Stop Club, he would spend about $25 on gas per day. Now he spends only seventeen dollars, uh, and maybe up to twenty-one max. And he basically said, "With Stop Club, it's as if a blindfold has been removed from our eyes." And of course, and no shock, Uber of Brazil took Stop Club to court in July, claiming the app was illegally obtaining and storing confidential data related to passengers, drivers, and ride prices. What's interesting, however, is Stop Club responded and said, "We're not extracting any data. In fact, it's the data that." You see on the screen, and it turns out Uber lost the injunction to block the app. Um, this is just, this is really fascinating. Um, I think this app is really, it's just, this is just, you know, we just talked about the last story where it's, there's pay discrepancies. They're not even, they're not quite sure where the pay is going. And now here's an app saying we are lifting the blindfold off. Awesome. 
it, it really is. We love to see uh, what they're doing because what they're they're providing transparency. And in every other job in the world, you know what you're getting paid for your work. People don't show up for work unless they're confident that they're going to be paid fairly and uh, you know pursuant to an agreement that they had before they showed up. You know that that's how work works. Um, so what this app is is really doing is giving drivers the knowledge that they need to understand whether certain fares make sense for them, whether the work itself makes sense for them, um, how to maximize their profits and minimize their costs, uh, and it's it's just giving drivers power. So we love to see uh, when drivers have the ability to make smart decisions for themselves. Um, increase the money that that stays in their pockets um, and make good decisions for the you know for their business that they're running because at the end of the day that's what drivers are they're running their own businesses and they need to make s- smart economic decisions so this app is, is is just empowering them to do so I, it's just I'm yeah I'm just so pumped about this app even from a technical side um, it, it's brilliant because you know I, I, you never know with the courts, of course, and, and Brazil is different. And, and I, to be honest, I also don't know if Stop Club is in the U.S. yet. But the way that Stop Club is operating is so different than a lot of um, other apps that have to get access from Uber to gain that information. Stop Club is literally reading what's on the screen. So Uber's going to have a really hard time saying they're stealing any data. They're not stealing anything. They're using whatever what apparently everyone is allowed to see. So this is going to be really interesting to see how this grows um and and it's the thing that drivers want which is just the transparency and letting them know if this ride's even worth it um and it's almost like it's a hack basically and and it's working and it's really exciting yeah i I think that the technology i'd be uh interested to see what kind of copycats come out because once everybody realizes that the tech or that the information is right there i think the community is just going to keep growing and growing to try to make um, the available information even uh, more accessible and, and more usable. Right. This could be like a uh, a Napster moment for the industry, for, for you guys out there and gals that remember Napster. <laughs> it just sort of took <laughs> over and changed the music industry. So we'll see. Uh, let's head off into Thursday. Uber threatens to leave Brussels. And this is from FT. And they reported, quote, a top Uber executive has warned that Brussels' proposals to de- designate gig workers as de facto employees will force its ride-hailing service to shut down in hundreds of cities across the block and raise prices by as much as 40% if enacted. Um, they went on to say that Uber is sincerely committed to the European social model, but warned that similar rulings classifying drivers as employees in Spain and Geneva have led to devastating job losses, is what they say. <laughs> um, I don't know how much you know about the Spain market, Bryant, but I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of. It sounds like a lot of BS to me. Yeah, I don't know much about the Spain market. I will. I will start there. But I can tell you, we've seen Uber make these similar um, proclamations before, and it, it just it doesn't seem to to pan out. Um, I hope that that you know workers um, continue to advocate for their own uh, benefit. I hope that the governments um, stand behind the workers and demand fairness and. Uh, you know, basic uh, human rights and, and employment rights. Um, and I hope that nobody uh, takes or gives too much credit to what Uber's saying because they say this stuff all the time and then they never follow through. So 
Um, there's really no reason in my mind why why we shouldn't be fighting for more, demanding more, and calling Uber's bluff. Yeah, and I will say Europe seems to be doing a better job of calling the bluff. Uh, they did it in London. They've tried in other places, and and Europe seems to understand that this is just a game, and the game that Uber's going to lose if they keep playing it. Um, so right. yeah, I don't see a situation in which Uber is pulling out of huge markets. Uh, there's too much money to be made. There's it, it, that's the bottom line, it, it, and there's too much money to be lost. So right. maybe they. Um, don't make as much money as they were before because they have to pay the drivers a little bit more. But, you know, I just can't imagine them leaving that whole market on the table. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm sure this will progress and um, there'll be a back and forth. But, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see where that goes. Uh, we're going to head off into Friday, end of the week here. Robotrucks hit the Uber network, and this is from Forbes, and they've reported big rigs outfitted with, uh, I believe it's called Wabies, AI-enabled software and sensors began hauling loads between Dallas and Houston, uh, booked through Uber Freight this month, uh, the founder and CEO told Forbes. The trucks do have human backup drivers for now, but it will eventually operate in full autonomous mode, she said. The Toronto-based company spent two years perfecting its system using virtual trucks driving in advanced simulation before testing them on public roads. Um, now, she did decline to say exactly how many trucks are part of the Uber Freight program or how much money, uh, how much revenue the company will generate from it. So it's something that, Brian, you and I had talked about a couple months ago, that people are starting to turn back into the AV Freight side and saying, hey, let's focus on this and, and, and throw money into it. Yeah, as we were talking about earlier in the episode, AV is it's coming, um, but I, I it scares me. It, you know, it, it's scary with passenger vehicles, and I think it's even scarier with these massive trucks. Um, when people get injured by uh, semi trucks, the you know the the damages are catastrophic. Um, so I really hope that the technology is as they said, per, you know, perfected. Um, but I highly doubt that to be the case. So I'm, I'm glad that there's humans still um, there as, as um, fail-safes. But at, at the end of the day, when those human um, drivers are, are no longer in the vehicle, um, God help us. Because the, if the AV messes up with a big rig, it's going to be real bad. Yeah, it, I mean, that is what's scary. Uh, you know, there's, obviously, I know the plus of why they're doing this because not, there's not all these stoplights, stop signs, turns. Um, it's, you know, these, these are straight ahead, but like you said, if there's a moment where it just doesn't stop, I mean, it's one thing when a car doesn't stop at 60 miles an hour, it's another when a freight doesn't stop at 60 miles an hour. Um, and it, you, like you said, it could be devastating. I, yeah, I don't know how they're going to, I guess this, this is going to be the growing pains and it's, it's horrible to say, but I don't know how they get around it. Yeah. It's a, I, it's one of those things where like I, as a, like as a human and somebody who wants to see progress in, in mankind, like it's cool that we're going down this path. But as a, as a personal injury attorney, um, I've seen too many things go wrong. You know, even when there's, they've been tested and, and tried for hundreds of years. It's like this, this new technology we have zero history with, we have zero real information on, how it's going to react in in each particular situation that it faces. So it just it scares me. And I I know based on what we've seen with Uber vehicles and um, Google vehicles and Teslas that like the AV it's just not there. It's just not ready. 
Um, maybe it will be in a few years, uh, but I just don't think the technology is ready to to put it in these these big rigs. Yeah, I, I feel the exact same way, but they're not stopping. Um, and I think they're just they figure they'll take their losses, and it's horrible, but that's what they think they're going to do. Um, all right, before we head on from the weekend, though, I will give you uh, the floor um, to give a little shout-out to LR, and, and then we'll head off the weekend. We always like to remind people before we head into the weekend that Legal Rideshare is available for free consultations for any accident or injury claim. So if you find yourself injured um, in a rideshare vehicle, uh, please reach out to us so that we can help point you in the right direction, uh, figure out exactly how to talk to the insurance companies to uh, give yourself the, the best possible chance at recovery. Um, our lawyers help recover uh, costs of medical treatment, pain and suffering, loss of normal life, uh, lost wages, um, you name it, any, any damage that you sustain. So please uh, do not hesitate to reach out to us. Awesome. Well, thank you, Bryant. And as I like to say, that is the end of this week in Rideshare. See you next week.